0: now while some are working at the front lines of science on isolated islands others are taking to the stage and the science shows producer Shelby Trainer has been following one researcher who set out with a challenging task there to make the epigenetics of cancer funny and a brief warning the scientists in this story don't hold back in their pursuit of humor including on strong language
1: I'm feeling nervous, but I'm feeling really excited as well. I don't know, like, I feel like I'm at peace. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I put a lot of work into it. We'll see.
2: I'm at Enmore Theatre in Sydney speaking to Amanda, who is about an hour away from performing her very first comedy routine.
1: I actually really like the venue. It's got a really nice vibe. And I feel like I'm a a huge fan of Seinfeld. I feel like I'm having my Seinfeld moment.
2: But this isn't an ordinary comedy show. And Amanda isn't a comedian. Dr. Amanda Khoury is a research officer at the Garvin Institute. And she's one of five scientists taking to the stage tonight in a very special experiment. Here
3: we go. Are we ready to experience some science comedy? Yeah? Do we, do we know what that is? Can I get a raise of hands? If anybody knows any of the speakers.
2: Before we get to the results of this experiment, how in the world did a group of ragtag scientists get all the way from the lab to Enmore Theatre? To answer that question, we have to go back six weeks to one of the first workshops for this science comedy spectacular. This is journalist turned communications coach David Cresante. He started an initiative called Future Science Talks, where each month a handful of scientists present to a room full of pub goers.
3: They have 10 minutes and we say to them, hey, why don't you present about either the work that you're doing currently or something that you're passionate about?
2: The scientists all have access to some free training sessions to get their talks into shape. But you'll notice there's no mention of comedy in that format. This rehearsal is a little different.
3: What we're doing here today is we're partnering with a comedian. And what that means is we're adding a different layer to the manner in which they present science. And our goal is to infuse humour and comedy in this presentation and in future presentations throughout their career.
4: Are you feeling good and comfortable and confident? Or are you feeling, like, scared? Or, like, what's the kind of vibe... My name is Seaton K. Smith, and I am the comedy helper for this program. So I did stand-up for about seven years, and I continue to work as a writer. I really enjoy science, and so when the opportunity presented itself to work with the scientists to help them bring some comedy and humour into their work, it sounded like a great opportunity.
2: A little bit nervous. <laughs> Seaton K. Smith, stand-up master, has been brought on board because, in six weeks, these scientists will be performing at the Sydney Comedy Festival.
4: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's a safe space. Everyone's very supportive. The goal
2: of today's session is to present a rough draft of their science talks for feedback. At this stage, jokes are encouraged, but not necessary. Seaton is a calming presence at this workshop, he's quick to reassure the researchers there are skills they can learn to make people laugh.
4: I think it's an inherent human trait that people have to make other people laugh and smile and, and entertain. People think that, oh, you're either a funny person or you're not, and that's what we've been kind of going through is that there are tools you can utilise to make yourself more consistently funny. And it was just about bringing out what they had.
2: This program is for early career researchers, because they're still learning how best to communicate their science, whether it be to colleagues, policymakers, or the general public.
3: And this is really important because it helps get the public on side and it also helps them to achieve their funding goals, to be able to partner with industry or with government in order to fund more science.
2: While the stakes are relatively low, six weeks out from the big performance, there are definitely still some nerves.
1: There's
4: no shame. There's no shame in
2: that. One by one, the researchers stand up with their slideshows presented beside them on a small laptop. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm ready.
2: It's not just about getting feedback from David and Seaton, but also their peers about what works <laughs> and what doesn't so quite land.
1: So the reason why these there
2: are some key takeaways I pick up from watching this session. One, this is still a science presentation. The mission here isn't to turn researchers into comedians, but to help them infuse comedy in their talks. Two, one of the easiest things they can do is make fun of themselves or their subject. And three, jokes about lab rats go down a treat especially in a room full of scientists.
3: It's been really fun and entertaining, seeing what the science professionals are excited by, the little gems that they're picking up. And it's been really interesting showing them the architecture and science behind humour, that actually there is a science behind it and they can learn it too and utilise it.
4: People are primed to laugh on the third one because it's like a ingrained pattern in us there.
3: And humour isn't necessarily jokes. Humour is a shared sense of understanding and sometimes bringing a bit of levity to otherwise really complicated and potentially heavy subjects.
2: One of the more difficult topics to turn into a stand-up routine would have to be cancer, specifically cancer epigenetics. But that's what the nervous scientist come comedian we met earlier... Dr. Amanda Curry has
1: been trying to do. I was afraid. And so I felt, you know what, I'm going to do this because I am scared. Because I knew that I would enjoy it. But I need to overcome the fear to actually do it.
2: Today is I was curious to see how Amanda would go, translating such a complicated topic into a comedy talk. I checked in with her one week out from the comedy show as she was preparing for a practice performance. So
1: do I point this at that?
2: But before we get to her comedy, a quick overview of Amanda's research. All
1: right.
2: so. There are two metres of DNA in each cell. Because of this, it has to be tightly folded in order to fit. This compact structure is known as the three-dimensional genome. It's the twists and turns in DNA that determine whether a cell is a lung cell or a heart cell or a brain cell. And disruptions in this DNA folding are known to happen in cancer. So Amanda is trying to figure out whether putting everything back in the right place might make these cells healthy again.
1: Because epigenetics is a relatively new field, it still seems like magic at the moment. Like, how are these processes happening? How can this be real? And so I want to be part of the research that actually starts answering those questions. It's interesting, but can it be funny? Right, so DNA in 3D.
2: The purpose of this practice performance is to test out what's working and what needs work before Amanda takes the stage at Enmore Theatre in just over a week. There's one major confounding variable here, though. This is happening at the Garvin Institute, where Amanda works, and the audience is a room full of her colleagues. A
1: brain cell, a heart cell, a cell. But you shout out to the cells, because they're about to season shit.
2: Amanda has taken on board the feedback from David and Seaton at the initial workshop and rejigged her routine. There are more laughs. And despite her nerves, she's speaking slower and with more confidence. And most importantly, the science sticks. None of it went over my head and I'm probably the least qualified
1: person in this room. This to me, trying to be funny in front of all of these people is, is terrifying. I just really want to be able to do as much work to personally feel brave and confident to stand on the stage. Thank
2: you so much, everyone, for coming today and supporting our scientists...
1: The stage at the Garvin Institute,
2: inside a bright lecture hall in the middle of a workday, is a far cry from the Anmore Theatre. The science comedy show isn't on the main stage, but in a smaller room, not far from the entrance. But while the stage is humble, the room is packed... I pull Amanda aside for a final catch-up before her big Seinfeld moment.
1: How are you feeling? I'm feeling nervous, but I'm feeling really excited as well. I'm at peace, I'm going to do it. I put a lot of work into it, we'll see. And you excited to tell all these people about your science? I'm definitely excited about putting a naked Danny DeVito on that screen, <laughs> in, in the name of science.
2: Yep, a naked Danny DeVito on full display at Enmore Theatre, in the name of science. We'll get there soon. But first, our comedy helper Seton is on site for some last minute advice.
4: People are here to laugh, enjoy it. No one has come to hope you don't do well. Everyone wants you to do a great job.
2: He's already got a celebratory beer in hand, but is he celebrating too soon? Let's find out.
3: Should we just get started? Should we just make some noise for our very first speaker? Uh, just bear in mind, these are scientists. They've never done this before. This is their first ever show like this. So show lots and lots of love. We have Zoe Ziracostas, and she's here to speak about invasive
2: species.
4: Thank you. I'm <laughs> going tonight?
2: Okay, false alarm. Amanda is second last, so she has a bit of a nervous wait. But that means the crowd is nice and warm when she gets onto the stage.
1: Dr. Amanda Corey, and I'm here to talk to you about our DNA in 3D. Thus, my choice of image from the IMAX Theatre. And I promise you all, today will be just like going to the IMAX Theatre. At the start, you'll be sitting there excited to see something different, but you'll leave thinking, was that really worth the money?
2: <laughs> Laugh number one down. Now to some science.
1: We have so much DNA in our body, but if you were to take it out and lay it end to end from all of our trillions of cells, you could travel to the moon 300,000 times. So that's 300,000 more times than SpaceX. (laughs) Right, so along with housing all of our genes, our DNA also contains on and off switches. And these on and off switches work remarkably like sexual turn-ons and turn-offs. So, don't worry, I'm gonna explain. (laughs) One switch. (laughs)
2: Behind Amanda on the screen is Colin Firth as Mr Darcy, emerging from a lake.
1: He touches me, I'm turned on.
2: And now on the screen...
1: an oiled up, Danny DeVito emerging from the lining of the couch. He touches me, I'm obviously turned on. But in the cell, it's actually this physical contact that will turn genes on and off.
2: Amanda got got a lot of laughs. And so did the other science comedy guinea pigs.
3: I asked my, uh, my girlfriend the other day,
1: well, what, you, know, you know what a chromosome's
3: made of? She goes, uh, cells? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going, fuck, is he? That's right. I was <laughs> right? Um, uh, a chromosome is just a uh, compressed DNA. It's just a little, little packet of DNA, if you will. So what This
2: experiment in comedy is adaptation? not just about communicating science to the public in an easy-to-digest format. It's also about funding... Science isn't cheap. And part of being a researcher is asking for money so you can keep doing what you're doing.
1: We keep them nice and comfy in their cages while they age. It's kind of like a mouse nursing home, except with no chlamydia. Uh, and then...
2: A joke or two could go a long way when you're hoping to stand out in a field full of other researchers, also applying for grants. And if you don't believe me, here the graphs to prove it. You can get a lot of mileage out of a decent joke. Not a relationship in sight, <clears throat> kind of like my track record on Hinge. <laughs> these scientists will be able to use these one-liners over and over again throughout their careers.
1: And finally, I'm all about accuracy and accurate precision in recording results. And I realise I misspoke earlier and I want to correct my mistake. An oiled-up Danny DeVito emerging from the lining of a couch is my on switch. And let's give a round of applause for Danny DeVito.
2: And there you have it. Epigenetics, the science of switching on and off genes, explained with a naked Danny DeVito. Super
0: proud of her. (laughs) So <laughs> so this experience
2: has even helped Amanda explain her research to her family.
3: I actually, I actually you were funny. You taught me a lot and it was funny. Yeah. So I don't know if that's yeah, what that's you okay. Thank, Thank, you. So much. Thank,
4: Thank you. you. Comedy is such a useful tool for getting information across. If you can make information digestible through the use of comedy and humour, then you're going to get your message out to more people.
1: It's always been my passion to communicate. Being able to have fun with it makes, I think, if people can laugh, they're more likely to care about what you're talking you about. Really We're, enjoying it. Going We're going to go have a beer. It's going yes. to be good. Take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. See you later.
0: That story from the science show's producer, Shelby Trainer. And we hope it left an imprint on you. One for our epigenetics fans. If you get it, you get it. But the show definitely hit home with audiences. Since those sold-out performances at the Enmore Theatre, the Science Comedy Program has been selected for an inspiring New South Wales grant. So the Future Science team will be training another 30 researchers for a run of shows during Science Week in August.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.